I'd to create a space if there are any comments on your experience today overall or comments, questions about what arises from this context where in this room we're in a rather different territory different domain than when we're discussing these verbal teachings so in somewhat different territory any questions or comments arising from this territory yes you mentioned subtle body energy heart and mind energy are these the same or different what is the heart energy what heart energy is is to do with um, interest is to do with um, volition directive I want to go for that I'm interested, I'm excited I'm engaged, I'm interested I'm agitated I'm deeply concerned, I'm offended I'm repelled, I'm disgusted <laughs> and that's all that's heart stuff it's all Chitta Sankara Jitta Sankara formulations that arise from Chitta when Chitta is formulating that's these are the kind of positive and negative formations that it generates it can also give up Sankara then it's primary condition of reflective wisdom reflective knowing comes to the fore uh, now I'm using the word heart because it's simple like any simple term it's kind of a little bit too simple <laughs> it gives us some access to it as we know heart operates different from logical mind, intellect different modes deals with feeling and energies, movement, feeling, stimulation, lack of it, hunger, it's contentment. So it's very primarily it's it's also where our primary sense of self is established. I am I'm here it's happening to me the mind adds the details of that formation the names and the judgments and the assessments adds the details of it Chitta Chitta fabricates the aggregates perceptions feeling sensitivity effectiveness being affected that's that's it Vedana and often Vedana feeling is described in terms of the tonalities of pleasure agreeable, disagreeable so forth that's true 
at a deeper level, not deeper, another level, Vedana is just that feeling energy shifting. Energy shifting. Mm. Triggering, energy shifting. There's a shift. Mm. And that felt pleasant. But uh, the interesting thing is the shift occurs before the pleasure or the pain. It's like, and then, oh wow, that's uncomfortable. And the shift of energy is the more primary foundation for Vedana. We know something's happened because something shifted. And then, that was unpleasant. And, uh, it, and it's quite um, interesting how the pleasant and unpleasant can, can shift themselves, you know. You go for this thrilling escapade, you know, go on a helter skelter or whitewater rafting or something like that. It's, you know, first thing, oh, well, I'm frightened, and then, oh, that's great, exhilarating, you know. <laughs> it, it shifts from unpleasant to pleasant you know, in, a, in, a, in a second. Because the jitta kind of. But the shift definitely occurs, and the pleasure and pain come just a, I don't know, tiny moment after. So that's the primary, um, what gets triggered is jitta. It jitters. It's an energy form that shivers, resonates. Um, What is it triggered by? Sights? Sounds not quite, not exactly. This jitta doesn't doesn't actually connect to the only sense it connects to is the mind or the body. So you can get you know, bodily reflex can cause the jitta to agitate. Sickness, bodily sickness can affect jitta. Primarily, the most um, powerful uh, input is mind. So, the mind, see, we, we see something, the mind interprets it, and then I feel horrified. <laughs> and so, the mind drops a perception into the jitta, and the jitta comes up with a feeling. And the feeling establishes and solidifies that perception. So it's dark, lighting's poor, there's a curly shape on the floor. We walk in, it's curly shape on the floor. Ding ding, curly shape, mind, perception, snake. Shock, horror, quick, get me out of here. Switch the light on. Oh, it's only a, it's a rope. End of that. You know, that one. Or is it a snake pretending to be a rope? (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe it's a homeless snake that's seeking company. (laughs) Trying to be affectionate. (laughs) 
you know. But so you get this triggering reaction that throws something in, and then jitter shivers, and and then goes into the, the feeling, and then the the activation of volition. Get me out of here. Somebody asks, how do you heal the chitta? That's what body's for, apart from anything else. That's one of the primary healers. Because with chitta shocked by perceptions, affected by perceptions, mesmerized by perceptions, seduced by perceptions, hoodwinked, staggering around, confused, body says, here, here I am, here, stability here, you can rely upon this. Presence. Oh, right. And then just stay with this. <laughs> right. And then you stay with it. Now look at those things that you're staying in this domain. Now review those sources, those perceptions that agitated you. Right. Right. So don't just avoid, also get to the safe place and then look back, if you like, at those things that horrified or shocked or seduced you. Just the perception. Yeah. Or, oh, that perception really, you begin to be able to explore why that, why that is so frightening or so, you know, so it affects you. So the first thing we need to know in order to heal is where's the safe place? The safe place, the reliable place. Then the energies of the subtle body will protect the chitta. They will soothe it, gladden it. That's the principle of samadhi. Still, we need to, from that safe place where the jitter feels temporarily, because it's a very mobile form. There's no no form at all. It's just constant mobility of energy in a certain location, like a whirlpool. It seems like a form, but it's actually a constant dynamic that can change very quickly. So yeah, here I'm feeling really comfortable, steady, solid, no problem. Let's look back at that. <laughs> you know, and this is where the process of insight is to kind of begin to defang some of these triggering perceptions maybe occurring. Which it isn't just liberated through samadhi, so it's liberated through wisdom, discerning that which was, you know, say, a painful memory, for example, a memory about myself, or a painful <coughs> recognition of some uncomfortable psychologies that I've got out of now because I'm in this pretty steady state. And then certain situations trigger those psychologies. I'm an inferior person when I'm in a group of people, for example. Now, when you kind of review that, actually, right now, that's not something that's happened. That's an old message being brought in. 
something retrieves that old message from the files and loads it. That's an old message. So you see that then, okay, do you need to pick it up again? What is it that Bruce was picking up the old message about myself? Because we're addicted to ourselves. Well, let's pick up the old message, which 15 years ago, 5 years ago, yeah, that's where the message came. And because the jitter never recovered from that, when it sees anything that reminds it of that, it goes into the same contracted state. You see things that remind us of that afflictive experience, so that it goes into the same contracted state. Now, is it possible to reframe, review this in the here and now? So we often enter some of our touchy territories. Don't you know? And uh, holding jitta steadily in that collected state, reviewing the perceptions that and uh, triggered it, and that's uh, that's that's how these things wear out, because uh, okay, the law of karma, the law of cause and effect, is. Once something's been triggered, there's going to be an effect. When we see something, we get affected. But having been affected, we don't have to re-generate the same cause. In other words, that's a painful memory. Feel the pain. Feel the feeling. Be with the feeling. Feel the feeling, the energy of feeling. Feeling's a shift of energy. Feel that shifting, that contracting, that tightening, that agitating. Feel it in the body. Whole body then absorbs that feeling, that shift of energy, and discharges it. If we do that repeatedly, we're draining the potency of certain memories or messages, life messages to affect us because it's the feeling not the message but the feeling that the message generates okay. that makes sense to you? and feeling generally unpleasant feeling but even more significantly, the energetic shift into defensiveness or closing down and then around that shift there's something wrong with it. No, no, let's go back just to the shift self. Feel the shift of energy. Now, you feel that energy. Okay, there it is, a contracted state. Expanding your awareness over the contracted state. Whole body, feet, space around you. This just doesn't happen that quickly, incidentally. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, because just 
don't go back to the words or the message, just go to stay with the feeling until the energy of the feeling has like a wave which peaks and subsides and using the body to provide the channel for that energy to subside if you do that, cultivating that steadily, gradually, incrementally as best we can with some of our triggering points they lose their punch so, you know, eventually you get the same message and it just says don't believe it it's finished nothing shifts that's possible even though the message may still come <laughs> you don't pick up the message message comes less often it actually doesn't, doesn't come don't get the message of what you are what you right? that's the uh, so that's called the uh, relinquishment of this what's called upadi upadi means these foundational um, places where we get gripped we get seized we get activated and they're, they're reflexes, they're not something you choose to, they're reflexes. So you've got these kind of residues, residues, karmic residues. It's true that event happened, but it no longer has any heat in it. It no longer activates. The residue has been drained. This is the deathless. It turns the chitta towards the deathless thus. This is sublime, this is peaceful, the stilling of sankaras. The relinquishment of residues and acquisitions, detachment, dispassion, destruction of craving, cessation, nibbana. So, you know, that that sense of the sankara is that volitional push. Just stay with that. It's not, you know, being out of manage that energetic thrust that throws us into emotional cascades okay, just be with that let's just kind of hold that steady in the body stilling it that's the samadhi principle we don't eliminate, we still the sankhas so they're no longer thrusting and flashing, throwing us around okay coming into those residual memories, patterns, programs that uh, pop up and from that stilled place they're not getting more sankharas, more volitional tendencies, more reactions jumping out of them the energy begins to drain and that's that's the process the process of liberation um, is like that that's the process of it the practices can move and say the practices are like this the process is like that whether you're doing anapanasati, metta, bhavana whatever you're doing that, that's, that's, your, that's your techniques but the process <laughs> that's the main thing another question independent arising is there a link where you can catch it more easily yeah classically speaking the weakest links 
in that whole dependent arising is feeling to craving. It's possible to feel things and not have the craving, or the craving to annihilate. The other one is between craving and clinging. And get some craving and then, okay, release the object, just release the sense of being addicted, pathetic, so and so, so and so, just release all that. <laughs> So those those are the weakest links, and um, uh, like any when you see something that's kind of like a web or a weave, quite a complex weave, any link that you're able to any you know breakage or disconnect you can, will affect the whole weave of it, loosens the whole weave. Of it. So those are helpful points to to focus on. Mm. But those are kind of maybe breakthrough moments that we can can um, accomplish. You know, okay, there's a feeling, and then let go of the craving for it. But long term, (laughs) you know, what's more uh, profound is to change the or the old operating system to change. Well, that's really big. So I was thinking of starting where it, where it was accessible. I think it, accessible. Yeah. Accessible. You're going to depend on origination in terms, perhaps, well, I can see it in certain ways. The first few links are really about just the basic operating system. And then you get what it does. Once you come into Nama Rupa Salayatana, you get this is what it does. It presents this or this kind of lively, frisky stuff moving around. This is the dynamic. And then we get to the Tanha Upadana. And this is who it creates. (laughs) 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 It kind of solidifies and creates this person at the end of it. (laughs) And that person then (laughs) naturally kind of uses the same operating system. So that's the way it kind of turns around. And so with, uh, you know, access practice, you're working on tanha, and then more deeper realizations, you're working on things like perceptions, um, how perceptions affect you, working on sankharas, that's energetic formations, conditioning forces, self-programs, you know, ideas about oneself, self-structuring, this kind of in-depth stuff. But, um, you know, the, the, the pointy and the bits, it's, it's uh, certainly with breaking between feeling and craving, that's, that's transformative in itself. And very, very empowering. By bringing some acceptance to that craving or that aversion feeling, in my experience, it doesn't normally stop, but reveals it more and allows it to be, and I can respond to it. Technically, that would be called the stilling of Sankara. Acceptance is definitely a stilling of Sankara, because we're not, you know, what am I going to do about this? It's just it's like that. So that means that volitional twitch, or run away, that's that... Not, we're not absent either, we're present, but that's stealing a volitional 
activation allows us to enter or touch into something that we didn't really want to know about and feel because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But whatever allows us to to encourage the faith build resources to still those sankars, that remains. And that's what does the healing. Yeah, you know, it's the wholeness that does the healing. What does it take to hold? First of all, the faith, because this is not something I feel absolutely, it's not guaranteed, but I'm going to, it's faith. There's some energy, let's do, let's go work with this. There's some mindfulness. Right? So those are potent factors. They're not just ideas. They are also conditions that have potential, potency. With that probably comes, uh, with mindfulness becomes sense of dispassion. Right? Okay, it's like this now. And that opens the door for the heart to be compassionate rather than reactive. So you know, really there's a kind of a sequential fulfilling of these factors. And they, none of it's willed. So just you see these images that some use occasionally in these suttas where the Buddha talks about just as a, you know, rain comes down, lands on the mountain, flows into a gully, becomes a stream, trickles, becomes a river, becomes a lake, becomes the ocean. So these factors, these enlightenment factors, these powerful factors, as they as they descend, they gradually swell and fill, and the potency. So the potency continues, yeah. and it's the, the richness of the, those dharma potentials as it as it flows into the heart takes takes away the dent of ignorance or the, the, the tearing of the subtle skin of the chitta. She's got a subtle energetic skin to it. Hey, okay, there you are. Yeah. There you are. You're whole, you're not broken. So, time to let all that settle. Whatever's been useful for today, probably not all of it, <laughs> but some of it has been useful. Um, so, Find a bit that's meaningful and useful for for you for now. The rest of it you can put on a shelf somewhere. Get back to it later. So end of the day, just take what's useful, linger with it in the heart, and uh, let it sit there and do its work.